I hate to be that person, but I feel like you guys are going to agree with me. Right, <laughs> um, well. the, the pandemic broke a lot of people's brains, obviously, uh, on a very basic level. Uh, but I, I think a lot of what we're talking about, whether we're talking about the left or the right uh, or just, you know, normies having reactions like I I really I it all ties back in my mind to the absence of an international left movement with any teeth and to the depoliticization that comes from the in- the, the whole world having given up on any kind of anti-capitalist alternative or horizon of struggle, right? Like we saw the great revolutions of the 20th century degrade uh, from without or from within. And so this obvious long-term solution that's obvious to all of us doesn't even occur to most people because why would it? That's fucking crazy, right? Like I feel crazy for believing it sometimes, but it it, um, it reminds me of a sort of a, a three-way argument I got into the other day with uh, a healthcare worker who's like, you know, pretty liberal, like Bernie Kratt or whatever. And this uh, libertarian friend of mine who's always had kind of libertarian bad politics, except when it comes to Israel, but that's a different <laughs> story. Uh, um and so she was saying, the healthcare worker, she she spent 2020 watching people die. Like it was fucking horrible at the hospital. And not just old people, not just sick people, people who look just like us, people who were our age, you know, fucking millennials who were totally healthy before they got COVID. And she watched people get turned away due to strained hospital capacity. So at this point, she says she would rather let the vaccine, the vaccine refusers die, then let them take up any more space in the ICU. And this is actually, weirdly enough, a point that the libertarians sort of agreed on. Like he's against firing people or the state sort of requiring you to vaccinate your kids to go to school. But he's like, OK, with that, because it's a more uh, libertarian solution, I guess. Uh, and I was trying to say, what's what's my answer to all this? Right. Because that's obviously a very inhumane Uh, solution but what is the solution so you know I said it's frustrating because I really don't see a short-term solution right like I guess the medium-term kind of social democratic solution is obviously to you know keep trying to persuade people to get vaccinated maybe offer some money incentives like you know the New York actually gave me a hundred bucks for getting boosted I felt pretty cool about that um would have done it anyway but I'm not mad at it yeah where's my hundred bucks shit (laughs) I missed that train all you got was a vaccine against a potentially deadly virus Mm -hmm. all you Um, got was a green pass (laughs) (laughs) yeah excuse me it's called the empire pass all right and I have the app on my phone Right, right. And, and, you know, they, <laughs> they need to spend more money building out the hospital capacity, obviously, so they could take in everyone, even idiots who didn't get vaccinated. Um, but like the long term solution, I really believe this in a communist world, right? In a world where we have regrown these social bonds that divide us from each other. Uh, like people would not be as alienated and there wouldn't be as many conspiracy theories floating around there also wouldn't be a media with a financial incentive to spread 
bad ideas and lies. There would also be more preventative measures yeah. in the first place. Because I think um, Chuang's piece on social contagion did a good job describing how capitalist yeah. development really created these modern plagues. For sure. So there would be less pandemics to begin with. Um, and, you know, there might still be a few people who believe crazy shit, but not enough of them to pose a threat. And I think it would be more a matter of individual pathology than something that says something wider about society. Or, you know, maybe we could use that to troubleshoot our new society. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, let, uh, let me let me try and, and disentangle a few things because it's quite a lot there and uh, quite quite important questions and issues. And it's kind of like um, I think it's really worth like going through some of these things and, and having some kind of exchange, like uh, starting with this with this kind of like, um, you know, healthcare workers having gone through two years of, of absolutely horrifying situations and who've just had enough, right? This is like a, a very um, observed phenomena of this like fatigue that turns into like purely antisocial, cruel kind of, you know, um, treatment, which might not become a reality, but it, you know, it's definitely in people's heads and, and one can understand why. And in this context where, you know, the, the state policy tries to justify its, um, its rejection of like increasing healthcare spending, its rejection of taking like, um, it's, it's, it's inability to take rational measures of protection. And, and, and the fact that the whole management process is, is centered around these contradictions that we've already described, what they have done is that they created this like, this enemy, you know, and, and trying to throw all responsibility for whatever goes wrong from now on. Um, onto, to the not onto the unvaccinated. Get now. Uh, right. Get now, sorry. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, so exactly that situation um, is, will be reflected you know, when people, you know, who have had enough, who, you know, it's not just like healthcare workers, there's a lot of people who have like, you know, have, have seen their lives like being very radically kind of like undermined and, and their, their capacity for like social life and, and et cetera, seeing their parents, all of these things have been undermined because of these restrictions. And when, when, when the easy solution of blaming everything on and the unvaccinated, especially when, you know, as soon as you look a, li a little bit at it, you see a whole of... A, a whole lot of irrationality surrounding you know, the anti-vax movement. It's kind of an easy way to, to, to look at it. But I, I think, you know, the best thing we can do is like not lose sight of the fact that this is, a, this is a constructed enemy. This is not the real reason why everything is happening, right? Right. And um, we have to look a bit further. We have to look at the fact that, you know, again, those contradictions that we talked about, um, the kind of like focus from, from, from the perspective of capital and state on how exactly to deal with the pandemic. We have to look at the fact that there are no easy solutions to that, you know, no magical solutions that, you know, if everyone gets the vaccine, it's all done. If people don't get it, then it's all fucked. You know, there are no this like clear cut. I mean, unvaccinated people are for many reasons, um, you know, creating issues. Right? They're not the problem, and and they do create issues. But we should not like uh, look at them from the perspective that state policy offers us. Right? Because state policy is, is accusing um, the unvaccinated in order to hide the fact that it will not increase healthcare spending. As, as Sean said it before, it's been two years and none of these things that are absolutely necessary um, to happen, given the continuation of a pandemic, have, have, not, have not taken place in any form whatsoever. There has not been any massive increase in healthcare spending. They have not increased the capacity of the health system to, to deal with this pandemic. What they have done instead is offer the magic solution and cheap solution of the vaccine, 
you know, and then blame everything on the unvaccinated. And and I would say, you know, regardless of the fact that we might find it impossible to reason with people who are like fundamentally and fanatically against vaccines, that does not mean that we should adopt the perspective of a state that tries to blame everything on them.